But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligible Podcast. My name is Will Stone, his name is Chase Caldwell, and this is Season 3 of the Ineligibles. Thank you guys so much for uh, two incredible years on this on this podcast journey. We had no idea what we were doing when we got started, and um, you know we've we've learned a lot on the way. Uh, we've gotten more support from 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 you guys than we than we ever expected. So uh, uh, thank you, and um, yeah, let's let's make season three our best year yet. It's got to be right. Uh, now we've we can say that we worked out all the kinks, but surely we don't have any at this point. Um, <laughs> I I. Uh, I want to echo what you said. Thank you for those of you who have listened to us for two years for some reason. Um, we very much appreciate it. I very much appreciate it. And my mom really, really appreciates it. Um, <laughs> she's she's always so happy whenever we record an episode. So, um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to a strong season three. I, uh, I think we have a lot of good content coming your way over the next little bit. A lot of a lot of good news, and and it seems like um, I don't know. Maybe this is just like a season seasonal thing, but uh, we've got some some news for for season three, and it seems like in season two we we kicked off with big news too, didn't we? Um, so might as well just keep that theme going, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so season season three. If if you're watching us on on video on any of the video platforms that we're on uh you might notice that there's a change in our in our logo uh in our in our our layout on our video uh our video deal here um no more uh DraftKings or tppn or anything else but instead is the good bull hunting logo which is the texas a&m uh sb nation side it's run by our good friend robert barons who's been on this podcast and you know a few months ago we reached out to robert and said hey you know uh we feel like we have a really good rapport with you guys and it would be you know mutually beneficial to uh kind of join forces so um yeah here we are we <laughs> there's not there's not too much changing uh, uh overall but um definitely more more appearances uh, from robert and maybe some other uh gbh folks uh in the in the in the future um and I think, that, uh, to, I think that's really what we can expect. The biggest change is that yeah, uh, I think maybe so. we'll have more, more of a, more, um, ooh, what's the word? New blood in here from time to time. Uh, get yeah. get new people in and uh, new points of views and all that to where you you don't get bogged down by just hearing me and we'll talk about it all day long. Yeah, um, and then probably sick of us by now. Start to, start to get some differings of opinions you know maybe maybe people will be excited when we lose instead of you know <laughs> uh crying a river but uh no i i uh really looking forward to that love love the guys over there uh jay's one of my best buddies from back when we were in in um on the team together uh, if you could i don't know how to say that without making it sound like i was on the football team was not on the football team uh, <laughs> i was the ball boy um so uh, but Jay was one of my good buddies. Um, Robert and I have a great rapport with our love for equipment. So, um, 
yeah, I, I love those guys and, and looking forward to, to having more of them on the podcast and, uh, and looking forward to more of your insight, Will, on, um, on text. I, I don't know, uh, what the people call that, uh, whenever you have a, yeah. a blog post. Uh, but if you haven't seen, we'll put out his first article for them the other day and it's fantastic. You need to go check it out. Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, as Chase was saying earlier, if you, you may be sick of us in case you're not sick of me in particular, <laughs> uh, I will be doing some, uh, some written content, uh, on good bull hunting. Um, they were nice enough to, uh, allow me to be on their platform. And I you know, submitted my first, uh, first article last week. Uh, that went live on Friday and um, just kind of a, it was like an off season report card. And I, I bet we get into a lot of those topics in this episode, but um, uh, if we miss anything, definitely go check that out. Um, and you know, I don't really have a, uh, a plan. <laughs> like, a, like we talked about the other day, a content calendar on what I'm even going to be like how often, like I, I've got a, a, an idea of the things I want to talk about, but you know, I was, like this week, I was like, should I write something else? <laughs> like, I haven't really, you know, I haven't gotten that far. But, um, you know, there's uh, 51 days until until we kick off against New Mexico. So uh, between now and then, you know, plenty of time to to, to kind of head out. And um, there's much more to come. So uh, more and better content uh, here on the podcast. Uh, more content on uh, in blog form uh, at goodbullhunting.com. Um, so, yeah, that's. That's how we're kicking off season three. We always we always do it big. We always do something new, um, and that's our yeah that's our announcement for this season. Big things, big things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we're definitely excited about this partnership. Uh, wonderful group of guys. Wonderful, um, wonderful name to be associated with, and and we're we're very honored to to be in that position and. If there's anybody deserving of it, it's Will here. He he uh, is very good at the written word, and I think uh, will will be extremely uh, good on that platform to be able to just explain some of the things that that uh, you like to get out there in in blog form. So I'm I'm less of a writer. If you can't tell, I'm a talker. Uh, if you're friends with me, then you know that I'm I will call you ten times before I send you a text message, and that's just that's just the way I am. So. Uh, you'll just hear me. You won't won't see my uh, text, but from time to time, you might just see that I liked a message on on goodbullhunting.com. So um, <laughs> there we well, go. But well, in 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 standard season, new season fashion, I guess we should say. Uh, I think the the main focus today is going to be on the state of the program. So uh, let's get after it, Will. Yeah, so so going back to when we very first launched uh, the ineligibles, uh, we we put out like a little, um, I guess interview, not interview, but like a like a, like a who we are kind of episode. Uh, but after that was our state of the program. Like our first real episode was uh, state of the program, and at that time we felt pretty good. You know, we were coming off of uh, it was after the COVID season. We were nine and one, won the Orange Bowl. Um, things were looking up, just kind of all around. Uh, I'd say we were probably at like a nine, you know, on a scale of one to 10 last season <laughs> on the state of the program, <laughs> we were at like a 15. <laughs> it was, you know, well, last year we weren't good cause we lost our quarterback and we just signed the best class in the history of recruiting. Um, they're all here. They're all awesome. Uh, we're probably going to win 
minimum 10 games this year and then be the favorite for the national title in 2023. What could well, possibly go wrong? <laughs> Our expectations were so were so moderate and reasonable. <laughs> well, uh, if you're if you've found this show by chance, uh, you know that was not the case. Um, kind of an implosion of sorts last year. Um, some injuries, some youth, some dysfunction. Um, multiple quarterbacks, you know, took snaps. Um, just uh, it, it was just a, 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 a year to get all of your bad things out. We even said that we were like, hey, let's use up all of our bad luck on this year. Like it's already in the it's already in the tank. Like, let's just get it all out. And I think we did that. I, f- I feel like we, like we had 30 players miss a game with the flu. <laughs> I mean, it just, it doesn't get any worse than that. So, um, so yeah, that's, if, if, if you were to put a number, you know, one to 10 on, you know, like we started out pretty high. We went even higher. We've come back down to earth for sure. I'd, I'd probably say, uh, like a seven and a half like a six seven yeah, yeah somewhere in there i would say six but what's what's been encouraging is the ability of this coaching staff to keep the recruiting trail hot like mm-hmm. uh and we don't have to get into the specifics but you know it's hard to sell a five and seven season <laughs> and you know they they got that great class in 22 they had an, a, a solid class last year you know I figured that, and most, you know, most of the high, high end players are going to be in wait and see mode. And even the guys you have committed, you can't go out there and go five and seven again. So, oh, for sure. Um, that's, you know, that's paramount. But to, to put in the effort and kind of turn things around on that front, they've been doing outstanding work uh, on the recruiting trail. Um, I know that has no bearing on this season, but from a program standpoint, you know, that's, it's it's a it's it feels good like it's a good luck to say hey you know if we can salvage this year and you know turn in a nine win ten win season the recruiting's kind of already there and maybe you know a, a good season on the on the field will even push it over the top a little bit more so that's kind of brought me up a little bit but it's you know it's all depend like th- this season is so pivotal I mean I, I'm not <laughs> probably since 2017 when we knew it was kind of do or die for Kevin Sumlin, this this feels more similar to that than anything else that we've seen since then. Yeah, I I I think um, yeah, I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I think we're we're in we've had some growing pains. Um, we've really, if you stop and think about the tenure of Jimbo, it's just it's been a lot of weird, just a lot of weird and and i i don't want to make excuses for that uh because every team had a COVID year right um everybody has been dealing with the the extended um red shirts or or extended eligibility for i don't know you can stay for eight years or however (laughs) long um everybody's been dealing with that not just us uh but with the kickoff of NIL and everything like that, it's 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 hard for me to even compare this to where someone was at the end of his tenure, uh, strictly because it's it just it hadn't seemed to be 
just kind of falling off. The wheels are falling off. It never never has seemed like that. Instead, yeah. it seemed to be more of a of a roller coaster of you know highs and lows at the same time. And um, I feel like there at the last two or three years of of Sumlin, there wasn't very many highs. It, it, like yeah. the recruiting fell off. Everything kind of fell off. And and like you said. Sure, recruiting isn't necessarily help us this year, but the fact that it's still high, that's a good thing. Um, exactly. And, and so, uh, I I agree with you in the in the context of like Jimbo's foot feet's going to be held to the fire a lot more this year than ever before. Um, but I I think that I I don't think that all bets are off if we have an eight and four or even nine and three season this year. I I don't think that that will be the end of Jimbo. If that oh, yeah. Sense. Or even, even if we went seven and five, you know, or yeah, was it, I'm trying to even remember what the record was. Was our record six and six uh, in someone's last year? Or was it seven and five? It was seven and five. Okay. So like, even if like, I, you know, after that, like we fired him, you know, and I, I would go out on, on a limb and say that Jimbo is not getting fired at seven and five. I just don't, I, I wouldn't buy into that. Five and seven, four and eight. I, I could see it, yeah, but um, that's, I'm not expecting that whatsoever. Um, but you know, and, and I, d- I don't want to be clear because those are two very different situations. That 2017 team was probably the least talented roster that someone had his entire mm-hmm. tenure. Uh, this is probably the most talented roster that Jimbo's had his entire tenure. Like, <laughs> well, and that's that's a that is a really. You're right on the money with that, right? <laughs> um, that towards the end of someone's tenure, it the teams on paper fell off, right? Right. Jimbo had the, <laughs> the worst year with the best team on paper in Texas A&M history. Um, <laughs> so that was his worst year, and and so it's 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 highs and lows. It's not all all as one thing, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so if I feel like going into that that 2017 year, it was it was pretty obvious. It was like, hey, we're either going to win, you know, nine or ten games, or you know, this thing's over and we're going to start from scratch. But you could kind of already tell, you know, you know, it was after you know, like you didn't have Miles Garrett anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, all those those amazing offensive linemen from uh, from Sherman's you know uh, classes, all those guys were gone. Um, it was just kind of like you were counting on a true freshman and a redshirt freshman at quarterback, n- neither one had any really experience. And, you know, Starkle gets hurt the first game. And, you know, uh, you had Travion. He was great that year. But, you know, not much else was really going well for us yeah. <laughs> on as far as the roster goes. But, you know, this is totally different. Like, it's it's loaded at defensive line and receiver. And you feel pretty good about quarterback. You know, the O-line is – there's – a path towards a good unit on the O-line. Uh, the, the, at the starting level, the linebackers and secondary looks awesome. So, um, and you have some depth, like, you know, there's not depth at every position, but it's, it's a pretty deep team. And I don't know, I, I don't want to go too long on, on that, but you know, it is a different situation and it's, but that's kind of why we have the, expectations that we do you know if we mm-hmm. if we were sitting here seeing like watching the roster deteriorate and be like oh you know 
well, if they win 10 games, they can save it. But, you know, that's never going to happen. <laughs> like yeah. it, that is, you know, well within the realm of possibility, you know, especially when you look at, at the SEC, it's, you know, you, you don't play Georgia in the regular season and the rest of your schedule is pretty wide open. Um, the like some of the top teams have have turned over their quarterbacks, you know, with Alabama and and Tennessee. Um, LSU has two good ones. Uh, a lot of folks are picking them to win the West. But um, when you look at the at the conference and look around the country, and we'll get into this in future shows, but it's it really it truly is wide open. I mean, we're not going to sit here and call for you know, well, and you know they can still get in the playoff. You know, we have a long, long way to go until we even can can entertain those ideas. But you know, there's at the end of last season, I was at like a four. You know, mm-hmm. like a three or four. I'm like, man, I'm so in the dumps. You know changes have to be made and you know to to briefly kind of you know give you the highlights of that article i wrote it's what we said on this podcast back in november it was hey there's three things that they can do to keep this from from cratering it's you know keep your best players you know if god forbid if if connor wigman or evan stewart had transferred i have no optimism like it's yeah it's over like especially connor like if you're if you're heir apparent you know future star quarterback if he had left then yeah you can you could have put a fork in the program but you know they accomplished that they held on to their core their core guys mm-hmm. uh didn't lose any starters to the portal just three guys to the nfl um they actually used the portal this offseason they took one transfer last year they took 10 this year um and then the biggest thing of all was make changes on offense and we can sit here and we think they've made changes. Like they brought in Petrino to run the offense, all signs pointing towards, I should say all signs point towards that being the case. Yeah. But as I ended that article with, we don't, we're not going to know anything until games start being played. Like until we see it, see the offense with our own eyes and see, Hey, this is functional. This is much improved and efficient. We're not going to know, but that's, that's really the ultimate key to this whole thing. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, you know, not to point, I I don't like to make comparisons that make it seem as if I'm, um, some conspiracy theorist or, or, Oh, this happened. So that happened. But I, I talked several times about how TCU went five and seven. And then the next year they're in the playoff. Um, and, and that was, I draw that comparison just to show in the modern age with the transfer portal and with everything, uh, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity to jump right back up, you know, to have these, these ebb and flow seasons instead of it being uh, a very consistent eight and four, nine and three, like you, you don't have to have four, eight and four seasons, then three, nine and three seasons, then two, 10 and two seasons, then one 11 and one season to finally have a 12 and zero season that it doesn't work that way. And it, I don't think it ever has worked that way. No. Um, but it's, it's even to me, it just seems like in the last probably 20 years of college football, it's gotten to where with recruiting and all these swings that we have, it's easier to have big swings like this. And whenever you consider that we're in the sec, you know, games are, a lot harder to win. Uh, there, there. You really got to earn them. Uh, it, it. 
it's easier for those big swings to happen to teams, not just to AM, but to teams. Cause um, with college football, especially how it's been with, with um, only four teams going to the playoff, you're, you're in a place where you get to two losses and your season's pretty much over. Yeah. And, and so if you can, if you, it's really hard to keep a team, especially a very talented team of a bunch of, freshman five-star recruits, it's really hard to keep them focused when you hit your third loss. You know, it, yeah. it just becomes a, uh, who cares, you know, next season, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm going to save my body and I'm going to take care of myself. And, and, yeah. and it becomes individualized. And I'm not saying, I'm not pointing many fingers at any players in particular. I'm just saying that that's the modern challenges that, that we deal with. Um, but to, to put a shine of hope over this program, right. And, and to, to really give some optimism, uh, for this coming year, you look at a lot of the wins that we had last year and they were real close, you know, they were, they could have been losses, but you look at a lot of losses and they were real close. They could have been wins. Uh, you know, it's, it's really easy for us to look at a five and seven season and be like, man, it was terrible. Yeah. And and forget that we lost to Bama on the two yard line, you know, and and it's easy to forget about those games that were, you know, touchdown or or field goal away from winning that we had it. We just couldn't quite finish. And um, and I'm not I'm not trying to say that there that those should be um, what's the word? Um, The. Like, uh, like, like, like it shouldn't count. Yeah. Like, like, you know, some people, oh, well, you know, just because it's close, you can't say, oh, it was close. And I'm not trying to necessarily say that. I am saying that to some degree, though, because it's, it's a game of inches, right? Yeah. And if you're only inches away, that, that then shows you're five and seven. But if you can figure out how to get three more inches next time, then, well, you may may end up flipping the script. You may end up a nine and yeah. three, ten and two, eleven and one team. And so, to say that that the you know contending for a playoff or anything like that's out of the realm of possibility, I, I don't think it's true. I think we absolutely have the potential to be able to do that um, this year, but we've got to we've got to see some improvement to where we win those games of inches and in, instead of being on the other side. Yeah. And you have to use that context. Like, like that goes into the whole, you can't like, I, 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 I used to like the quote from Bill Parcells where he says like a, a, a team is, or is, I think the quote was, uh, was you are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the NFL maybe, but actually I, I wouldn't even go that far, but, I, I I I just don't like that quote at all. Like, cause it doesn't show, you know, like in 20 in Jimbo's first year, you know, a narrow loss to Clemson, like it goes down as a loss, but you know, to kind of bring some, you know, advanced stats into this, A&M had a 60% chance of winning that game. So mm-hmm. when you look at a whole season, you can't just look at, you know, wins and losses or else you'd say, there's no way that TCU can go from five and seven to, 14 and two or whatever they were last year, you know, and look at them. Like, I don't think they got blown out a bunch in, in their five and seven season. 
And last year, they really didn't blow anybody out. They won a bunch of really tight games. But they found ways to, you know, get that extra yard, go that extra that extra step. And they won all those close games. And then, you know, they got in the playoffs and they won a close game in the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't even been to the playoffs yet. So it's that, that context is important. You can't just say, oh, well, they, they lost seven games last year. And, you know, it was just a horrible year. Yeah, it was horrible, but we didn't get blown out every single week. You know, there was there was a couple in there that got away from us. But even with, you know, a a quarterback that we had benched and a, a hurt offensive line, we almost beat Alabama at, in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, there's you, you have to have that context. You can't just say, hey, well, they were five and seven last year. There's no way that they can improve that much in one year. Well, I, I think like. I love statistics. I know that you probably love them even more than I do. Um, and and it, really any sports fan that you meet, they're going to be really into statistics, it, it always seems like. Um, and that's what we as sports fans do is try to drill everything down into statistics. You get the first like two or three games of the season and everybody talks about how good you are based on how many yards you got. You know, we have yeah. Kenny Trill, you know, putting up 585 yards against Breaking South Carolina. Breaking records look, look at how great we are because we put up 585 yards. Okay, but but then then what happens, right? Uh, but then you get in, into game four, five, six, seven, you know, in, in that middle of the season, and now the focus starts to be how – how big of a win did you have against people instead of how many yards you got? Now it's how many points you got. And then once you get towards the end of the season, it's, well, what's your record? You know, and so it's constantly a drill down of us trying to simplify and simplify and simplify the sport instead of focusing on the fact that you got 85 or really 105 plus human beings on this team, you know, and, and you think about like we, I think we oftentimes forget about the fact that there's human beings out there making those plays. And that's why I love college football is because you got, you know, a future hall of famer on, on one side going up against a a future accountant, you know, like (laughs) I I love that idea, but you know, the hall of famer is going to make mistakes too. And the accountant's going to make plenty of mistakes too. And so like, the the misalignments and things being wrong that's that'll happen to every team every year at every position i mean that that is a constant thing motivation is a big thing you know and and how to keep guys motivated and all of these are metrics that you can't measure mm-hmm. um at least not statistically speaking and so but that's what makes that difference you know that's why everybody has that underdog that they they root for and everybody likes those little schools more than they do the Alabamas and and Ohio states of the world because they want to see that that go because it's a it's a a 300 story right it's it's right. here are the 300 versus you know all these thousands of of soldiers and that somehow they won the David and Goliaths of the world like that's what we crave why because statistically it's not possible but somehow the humans made it happen, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's where, um, I don't know. I mean, you, you can't ever judge that. And especially from the outside looking in, no way we could, we could say that we could paint yeah. every picture about our program and that these guys are motivated, but, but 
the Texas players, they're all ready to get out of there. And then a Texas fan will say exactly the opposite, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you just, you have no idea. So it'd be stupid to make those comparisons. I would say um, where we can really only talk statistics, but at the end of the day, the possibilities really come from the, you know, human beings making these errors or making these plays and, both teams make plays each game. You know, there's both both sides. All players are going to make some sort of play, whether it's a good play or a bad play. And and so you you can't you could be a great team, but if the other team makes good plays against you, they can beat you. You know, yeah. and and so also uh, you you may just be unlucky that day, like. And you might, yeah, but you 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 might you might fumble the ball on your on your own side of the field, and. uh and give them an easy score. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, there's there's a handful of plays that can that can turn a game, and uh, like unless you're just really just really dominating the other team on a down to down basis, uh, it can come down to a couple plays, and you know you can't you can't make those mistakes. Yeah, and so I think that's the the focus that um, hopefully last year was a bit of a teaching tool uh, for especially some of the younger guys that might not have as much experience on our team of how this game really is a game of inches. You yeah. know, here we are, we had a five and seven, you know, year, but we almost beat Alabama. You know, we, we came down to one play. And if, if he'd have caught the ball, it would have been a whole different, different ball game, you know? Yeah. Um, and, it, or if we'd have run the ball, heaven forbid. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, that, that's, that's the, that's what it comes down to. Ho- hopefully, I mean, you would hope as a fan that, the coaches learned something that the players learned something that the team as a whole came together and learned those lessons. Um, but whether they did or not, there's no way for us to really speculate on that. Yeah. Um, but if I'm, if I'm watching film of last year and I'm watching those things, that's what I begin to draw from is look, look how, if we would have focused on these little things, you know, if maybe we would have gotten this first down in the first quarter, this would have been a whole different ball game and we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have lost this game, you know? So that comes down to, Oh, look at that dumb penalty that we shouldn't have had. It, it's playing your position uh, better and, and, you know, really focusing on the small things and letting the small things turn into big things. Yeah. There's one thing you said in there that I really want to kind of expand on. And that's, there's, there's some things you can measure and some things you can't measure. Um, so like, for example, you, you can't really measure a team's culture or a program's culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's no metric for that. Like it's just kind of either it, it, it is or it isn't, you know, type of thing. Last year, I, I don't think our culture was was very solid. Um, I think there was maybe some, you know, not to name any names. If you're an a and fan, you could you probably already know the names. But there's some some character concerns or maybe some. uh some some presence in the locker room that wasn't maybe ideal for uh, success. I feel that, you know, we lost 27 guys. They weren't all bad. Like I'm not saying we cleaned house and got rid of all the, you know, yeah. all the, all the bad, all the bad, <laughs> all the guys. troublemakers. Yeah. yeah. No, it's but, not that at all, but there was significant turnover. And I think a lot of the guys or the majority of the guys that stayed are, are the ones that are bought in, you mm-hmm. know, all the freshmen that stay, we lost, I don't know, maybe, six freshmen from that that really stud class uh but you you kept connor wigman you kept evan stewart uh bryce anderson uh cam dewberry donovan green 
you know, that, that really core group of them that are, you know, emerging as leaders. Uh, one of those guys is probably your starting quarterback. Um, I think Bryce may be, you know, the quarterback of the defense this year. Um, but those guys are bought in. You know, it sounds like, you know, that class is really taking it, you know, taking the the, the aspect of leadership on itself. And, and you can't expect, you know, you can't expect a bunch of 18 year olds to come in here as true freshmen and just, you know, like, well, this is our show now we're going to run it. And we set the standard and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. You can't come into a program, you know, brand new out of high school and, you know, kind of, and, and do things that way. It, it took them being in for a year, you know, getting playing time, seeing how it was done. And now, now it's their turn to step up and be leaders. And I think, you know, at least I hope, and from what I've heard, I think it's I think it's the case that you know the leadership and the the culture of the locker room is much improved from from last season. Yeah, and you you would like you said you hope that that's what you would hope would happen. Um, I definitely hope that 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 has happened. I, I think um, you know all this does boil down those immeasurables, things that that you can't quite put a finger on. I think when you're talking culture of a program. In, in some respects, you can only really gauge culture as a lagging indicator and not a leading. You know, it, it's it's one That's that fair. once the season is over, then you could look back and be like, yeah, I feel like we had a culture problem. Or, oh, I think I think that team was really tight knit. Uh, you think of think of 2012, you know, and how how it just seemed like everybody was just tied in and all of that. And, Perfect storm. And and it was it just it just worked. It was a good team and, and every, everybody was, was bought in, but was there times throughout 2012 that we, we didn't feel that way going into the games? Absolutely. You know, but then when you look back on it, now it's this perfect little, you know, ESPN 30 for 30 or whatever that you want to explain of like, Oh yeah, here's this, this great season. I think the COVID season for us was the same way. Like here's these guys that, probably had to spend a ton of time together even more so than normal uh, under weird circumstances. And it's either, it's going to make or break your team. And, and I think a lot of teams that broke their team and a lot of teams that made their team, you know, uh, and for us specifically, I think it made us, but you get a whole bunch of, I, I think this is a, now this is all speculation here. Okay. This isn't me saying that um, this is a hundred percent the way it was. And maybe I'm dead wrong. Maybe none of this happened. But logically speaking, let's think about bringing on the number one recruiting class in the history of college football recruiting in the modern age to a school that hadn't been to a national championship since 1939. They're coming in. That, that's the, the, the blessing and curse, I guess, of of the recruiting circles is you're recruiting these guys saying uh, Jimbo has said it a couple times and he'll, he'll say it more eloquently than I could, but you know, you're, do you want to be one of the guys that, that did it or do you want to be the first that did it? Right. And so that's a really good recruiting pitch. And I love that recruiting pitch because it, it, I would, I would be all about that. If I was in their shoes, that, that would sound really good to me until you get them on campus. And then now when they're on campus, you're like, Hey, 
listen to the seniors, listen to the juniors, listen to these guys. They're they're experienced in the program. They're your leaders. They're the ones you need to follow. You know, you're not going to step right in day one and and change the game. Well, hold on. Didn't you tell me that's why you wanted me to come to your school? <laughs> was so that I would change the game for you guys. And now whenever I'm here, you're telling me that I'm supposed to just fall in line, you know? And so, so that's a, it's a blessing and a curse. I would think of that, that recruiting pitch to say, yeah, you'll be the first to ever do it, but follow our steps on how to get there, even though we've never been there. Right. And so, I mean, obviously Jimbo has, and so there's, there's kind of that of like, Hey, if you follow my lead, we can be the first to do it at A&M. Um, but that's not going to resonate with all of them. There's a lot of 17 year old kids out there that all they're going to hear is I'm the best Texas A&M can't win unless I'm there. <laughs> and, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And, and, and like I said of, about culture being a lagging indicator, you don't know what, what those, how that team is going to mesh together until they've already meshed. Right. It's like you, you get to December and then you can say whether the team really was, was a good team together or they weren't. You can't figure that out in August. You know, I mean, you can really push them and say, hey, y'all need to y'all need to draw closer together. Y'all need to draw closer together. But if they're not, I, I mean, you won't really figure that out until it's already been done. And yeah. so um, it, it's a. Uh, I would like to think that there that a lot of the guys that stayed back would be guys that learned those lessons of hey yeah we we're not all that in the bag of chips we got to figure out how to win these games of inches we're not just going to be able to win it overall just by doing what we always did in high school now we're going to have to fight for every inch you know yeah. and and if they can if they can make that change well then yeah you might see a, a big development in terms of finishing games yeah and i think you know another thing that kind of goes along with that that you can't measure is if you were going to have a bad season as bad as last year season was maybe it was a good thing for like if it was going to happen anyway for it to happen to that group of freshmen that are so talented and Mm -hmm. you know they got you know a cold dose of reality to where uh, and, and obviously it wasn't just their fault. It, like, I'm not saying that at all, but they got, you know, a, a kind of a, a wake up call. Like, Hey, this sucks. Like losing games sucks. Yeah. And we just lost seven of them. And I don't want to ever feel that way ever again. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I was watching hard knocks last year and the, the lions had been God awful, uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were on hard knocks this past year. Um, Shout out to Dan Campbell, former AM tight end. But uh, they had a running back, Jamal Williams, uh, who's a great, great dude, uh, fantastic guy to, to, to hear in, in an interview. But he was like, you know, doing the, the, the breakout at the end of practice. And he was just going on. He was like, do y'all know how embarrassing last year was and we, you know, lost like 11 games in a row? He's like, that made me sick to my stomach. And like, if I can help it, that's never going to happen, you know, to a team that I'm on ever, ever again. And I feel like that kind of, you know, uh, like we said, you can't measure that. But I, I have to imagine that that was a pretty crappy feeling to go through that. And, you know, I'm sure they're not on they're not reading all the negative stuff that we see, you know, on, on social media. But I bet they've read some of it and uh, I'm, I'm sure they don't like it. You know, it's probably a, 
a pretty good motivator to go out there and turn things around. Yeah, and I mean to to continue along with this theme, it it goes back to the fact that they're humans. Yeah, you know, some people take, some people can can really deal with, um, loss or uh, you know, any kind of travesty. Uh, they can deal with with their embarrassments, pains, things like that, and use that as a motivator, and it makes them better. Um, other people, it really drags them down and they can't, they can't get it out of their head and football players are no different. I mean, that's, that's, they're still humans, you know, they're, and, and they're, they are, I mean, think about, uh, Will, for a second, think about your sophomore year of college. Okay. Is there anything that you did during that year that you look at now that you're thinking like, I cannot believe that I did that. Yeah, I, it wouldn't be something I would say on here. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, just, just just period. Like you look at it and you're like, man, I can't believe I did that. That was so stupid. I mean, yeah. I did stuff like last week that I look back on. And I was like, man, I can't believe I did that. I was I was so stupid back then. Yeah. And and you know, like that's just that's just the reality. But when you're 19 years old, you do a lot of stupid stuff, you know. And and outside of just stupid stuff, I mean, like like mental errors, just just ways that you cope with things. Um, now as, as a 30 year old, when I'm faced with obstacles, I face it a lot differently than I did 10 years ago when I was 20. Um, you know, and, and I might be more level headed. I might be more, um, you know, able to cope with those things as a 20 year old, I I wasn't. And a lot of these guys that, that we're talking about, especially the guys that transferred and are, that were part of that big class, um, they're 18 year old kids and they're on top of the world. They had more, more fame coming out of high school than me and you will ever have. (laughs) Like, that's just the way that it is. That's how the cookie crumbles. So those guys, there's going to be plenty of them that don't know how to cope with that. You know, there's going to be plenty of them who come out of school. They're on top of the world. Everybody's been telling them they're great they're now dealing with, you know, maybe some hardship where they're not starting or they're dealing with problems and they're trying to figure out how to cope with it. They're an 18 year old kid and everybody that's in their circle is, is just trying to make sure that they get to the NFL so that maybe they can retire at 45, you know, cause my, my nephew made it to the NFL and he bought me a house like that, that there's some people, a lot of these guys that, they're in those those moments where there's so many people depending on them to be successful yeah. that they have to do it right now. They can't they can't wait to two or three years and see if it works. If it's not working right now, they they need to figure something else out. Yeah. Um, and and so so I can't blame anybody that that would transfer that wouldn't wouldn't buy into the program. And that's not what my point is. It's more of to say that. You know, these, these guys, they're still humans and they're still dealing with it. And I promise you, I, I'll always say this, but if we hate that, that we lost a game, I guarantee they hate it 10 times more than we could ever imagine, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, because their future depends on it. Yeah. I mean, it, I think about how, whenever I was starting my business and I'd meet with somebody and I, I thought that everything went great and then found out that they, they didn't want to work with me. Well, that, that was really 
that was hard, a hard pill to swallow. You know, how did, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? And it's easy to beat yourself up about that. And yeah. so, so these guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old, they deal with the same, same things of, Oh, you know, and some of them get too bogged down. And then some of them don't really care. They, they say, Oh, well, you know, if you just started me, then I, I, we would have won, you know, yeah. and then, then they, they're not there to support the team. And so, um, yeah, it's just a, it's humans. It's human beings. It's, it's a yep. hundred and 105 plus, you know, <laughs> human beings that they're all going to have different emotions and different outlooks and different backgrounds. And, and that's all going to culminate. Will it culminate into a team um, that, that can accumulate wins that you won't find out until the end of the year. You know? yep. <laughs> so. um, and to kind of drive that, well, actually, no, I'm not, I'm not even going to do it because we already talked about we talked about last season too much. But yeah, um, in in short, to kind of sum all that up, I think a lot of the the factors of last season have that or that led to last season being so poor. I feel like the vast majority have been addressed. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you know, last year it was a combination of injuries, and I remember going into last year we did our position previews. I thought, you know, yeah, all these freshmen are really great, but they're not going to play. Our other guys are are too good. And then all those other guys got hurt. I mean, McKinley Jackson missed the first five games. Uh, Fadil Diggs missed the last four or five games. Um, Tumiche missed the whole season and then transferred. Um, It was just a mess. Uh, I mean, uh, apparently, you know, according to his mom that posted on Texags, the week of the first game, Trey Zoon, dislocated his kneecap and played all year with a busted knee. Um, and it's just, it was just one thing after another. And, you know, should, should all of that have led to five and seven? No, there was obvious dysfunction on offense that the, what Jimbo wanted to run was not being, uh, processed or learned by the players. It's, it's not their fault. It's, I think Jimbo has come to realize like, Hey, my offense will not work at college anymore. It's just, it's not feasible. So, but the other aspect is, you know, there were a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds out there uh, or guys playing hurt. And that was not what we anticipated. And mm-hmm. you just can't like no, no, no team, no, no Georgia, Ohio state, Alabama, any of them are playing 10 and 12 freshmen in a game. I mean, that that's just, it's, it's unheard of. So you know, I think that part is fixed because all those guys got playing time and they stuck around. And then, you know, fingers crossed that the change on offense is is what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it will be to to some degree. I um, I'm still anxious to see what that looks like. And and you said earlier that we won't know what it looks like until games start being played. But you really won't know what it looks like until about midway through the season. Um, it's, it's, um, I like, I like the, the whole setup that we have. I've, I've said my piece about what I dislike about it. Um, so let's roll with it. You know, let, let's now focus on what, what the good about it is. I, I think, um, you said something just now that, that I think is the key to it where, Jimbo, like you said, 
these guys weren't learning Jimbo's offense. Um, and maybe they were, you know, or maybe they weren't, maybe they were, maybe they, maybe they did know it through and through, but Jimbo's offense was just terrible, you know, <laughs> and maybe it just, it didn't work, but no matter what the case may be, I started to feel last year as if Jimbo was letting his pride get in the way because yeah. I started to hear things from him such as we're not executing. We had a good game plan and nobody executed it. Well, that to me says I'm a good coach. My players aren't that good. Yeah. And that when you get to that point, yeah, you're, you're done coach. Yeah. You, know, you need to be saying, Hey, I, and I know he has his little coach speak of, I got to coach him better. We've got to coach him better. That's our thing. Okay. But mean that. Yeah. You know, if if you start saying, hey, we're not executing, why aren't we executing if you're a good coach? You know, why are your players not executing? You've got to become a better coach. You've got to be a better coach for them. And I think in this case, it's just what the doctor ordered. The best way for you to be a good coach, coach, is to get out of the way. You know, yeah. get out of your players' way, let them blossom and do what they need to do, get a more modern offense going, and 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 let's run with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think when you look at – when you watch us play offense last year, like nothing looked – like our team did not look confident at all. There was no confidence in what they were being asked to do, and they just made offense look really, really hard. You look at any other team like, oh, offense is super easy. All the rules are are slanted towards the offense now. It's impossible to not have a good offense in 2022, <laughs> 2023, unless you're Iowa or AM for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I've been I've been digging into some some tape here the past month or so. Uh it's not hard, it's not easy to find uh, Missouri State games on YouTube, but they are there. <laughs> and uh you you saw some of those things kind of spill over into uh the spring game you know back in april and uh, at this point it it would really it would really truly shock me if uh if this is not petrino if it's not his you know his call on offense if it's not him Mm -hmm. you know installing uh you know deciding what plays we're going to focus on because i think that's that's the primary difference is I don't think their playbooks probably aren't that dissimilar, but Petrino can look at his roster and go, Hey, this roster is going to be really good at these parts. Let's cut all that other crap out and just focus on this. Like don't even put it in their head. It's too much information. Like just focus on the stuff that you know you can be good at. So that's, that's my hope. I'm, I'm fairly confident that's the case. If it's not, you know, well, hold on to your butts because (laughs) it may be, (laughs) may be a bumpy ride. Well, and that's a good point because, and and that makes, that gets me to what I always felt like was Jimbo's thing. I felt like he had a good offense. He had a good, you know, system, but I felt like it was a system that had to be run with high caliber players at every position. Yeah. Really like a, a professional roster would be you know his 2013 team had every starter get drafted yeah and so if you had if you have that kind of talent on a team and you're able to get them just constant you know that where 
there's at least one or two players at every position that knows that playbook so well that they're an expert at it and that they can later become coaches like a lot of them did that that would be that would be the the recipe for success there and i feel like what jimbo has done in the past is hey i'm going to start it i want all you guys to start learning it i'm going to start putting these pieces together and yeah. we're just going to run it and run it and run it and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We're just going to keep doing it until it works, you know, and if it's not working, that means that we need to recruit better at that position. That's not working and, and get new guys in there until we have good enough guys to where the whole system runs. Yeah. And in a way I felt like we got kind of close to, to it operating at, at full caliber and all of that. And then that influx of guys coming in kind of made it seem, okay, we've got all the players now. Now it should work. Well, you had a lot of players that didn't know the play playbook at that point. Yeah. And so I just feel like that, that just, you know, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do it. I've, mm-hmm. I felt a lot of times as if like Jimbo's just being way too stubborn here. Yeah. And, and I just, it just, to me, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a game that you can be stubborn. It's one that you've got to make changes and, and you got to edit as you go, especially in college. Now, NFL, I think you could probably be stubborn. You probably could just keep running your thing until your players get it, right? But yeah. college, I feel like there's too much variation in terms of motivation for guys, in terms of, you know, are these guys going to want to continue playing football after college or, you know, that kind of thing, like it, there's too much variation that I think you got to kind of go with the flow sometimes. And, and that's where I think Petrino will do a much better job. Um, like you said, tailoring the offense to say, okay, these yeah. parts don't work. I don't think Jimbo ever did that. Um, I don't think so. That's complete speculation. I don't know. I'm not an X's nose guy. I can't tell you like what, what it all looked like, but to me it just seemed as if, he ain't cutting nothing out. It's yeah. going to be, this is how we run it. And that's how we run it. And we don't even suggest cutting something out or you'll be on the chopping block. You know? Yeah. It's very a uh, square peg round hole. It's like, yeah, Hey, very much so. Like, like I'm the offense and you guys are going to, you know, uh, like I dictate what we do and not, you know, our personnel, which is, mm-hmm. you know, not the way to do it. And I think he's realized that by bringing in Petrino, um, and and you can kind of see that with with some of Petrino's stuff, like the offense from, like the 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 core is always going to be there, but what he ran with Lamar Jackson, and what he ran with Ryan Mallett, not the same offense. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a lot of of different, you know, things in there that take advantage of of those different players. But um, I think let's let's kind of close it out on a maybe like a, a brief overview of just the roster. Uh, in general, uh, the next few episodes coming up is going to you know dive into each position group a little bit. Um, I think we're we're definitely going to combine some. It's not going to be like this the quarterbacks episode, this the running backs episode. You know, it's going to a lot of that's going to be combined into you know into one episode. But um, you know, is is there a, a a few position groups where you feel like that that this team is 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 really really strong uh, or anything that maybe you know is is lacking a little bit? 
Hmm. That's a that's a deep question. Um, I think I don't know. I would say I would say for the most part, everything is pretty. I'd say I'd put put our offense somewhere in the sixty to seventy percent confidence range, and put our defense more in like the eighty to ninety percent confidence range. Yeah. Uh, on defense, I think we really have the talent there at almost every position, um, and, and so I wouldn't necessarily say that there's weaknesses per se. It's just more of there's some things that we could identify as okay. Do we have do we have enough depth here? Um, are the schemes going to work a little bit better this year than maybe they did last year? Um, and and can we execute with those guys uh, on defense? Now on offense, I would say um, there's a lot of position. Uh, if you if you picked apart each individual position group, I would say almost the exact same thing about it. Of I think we should be better here. Well, save the running back. Right, because I, I really I loved A Chain. You know, I, I still do wish him the most success. It's gonna be really hard to replicate that. At the same time, I'm really excited about the running backs coming up. And I think with a, a more developed offensive line, they might they might end up putting up better numbers, not because necessarily that they're better running backs, but because A Chain didn't have as good of a line, you know, uh, in the same sense, I would say the same thing about the quarterback. I think we'll see a lot more success from our quarterback this year um, than we have in the past, simply because I think our offensive line is going to be much improved. Um, and so, so that's, I would say just about the exact same thing about every position on offense of, I think we're going to be improved here. Um, but in, in, I'd say instead of drilling it down position by position, it's more as a whole. You know, I think the yeah. unit as a whole will work better together um, simply because of, of the talent and and the the little, you know, experience sprinkled in here, there, and otherwise, uh, yeah. I think will be really good for us. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right on board with that. Uh, I did see a picture of some of our uh, defensive linemen today. Um, <laughs> Those dudes are ready to take the field. <laughs> um, uh, the The D line episode is going to be a fun one. Um, it, it it always is. It, it always has been under Jimbo. That's one position that has had no drop off. Has just mm-hmm. kind of you know improved and improved. But um, that's I, I'm, it's it's a strong group, and I really hope that that they can actually put that you know into into <laughs> it's not production that's like a business term but like i wish that i i, I, I want to see it you know like i want to see mm-hmm. these big bodies uh stopping the run and just destroying opposing o-lines um yeah. i want to see guys like you know lt overton and fadil Diggs, you know getting uh some more pass rush than we saw last year and fadil you know he was he had like i think five sacks in four games, something like that, to end the year. He had two sacks against Alabama. Um, he was really hitting his stride before he got injured. So um, having him back, you know, Overton was supposed to be in high school last year. Now he's been in the program and uh, it should be ready to take on a, a bigger role. Mm-hmm. Um, all those guys are just – it's it's so deep. But 
as as great as that room is, the the most exciting, especially in today's football, is this group of skill position guys. Like, yeah, I think when when you finally have uh, when you finally have you know Anias healthy, you can put Anias, Evan, Moose, uh, Noah Thomas, who everyone in the program is raving about Noah Thomas. They think he is going to absolutely break out this year. Uh, you got guys like Donovan Green, who looks outstanding um, going into his second year. Um, they took some transfer receivers. They got some young freshmen that look good. but um, And obviously the the you know second and third string tight ends are, are pretty stout as well. So um, I'm looking forward to how in the new offense, you know, getting – getting those guys the football, like get Evan the football every way that you can because the guy's just electric. You know, it's the same with Anias. You know, Anias may be a little more what we saw in 2020 where he's, you know, in the backfield, he's in the slot. You know, he's, he's you know. I really hope shoot. so just for his own success. I, that yeah. guy deserves a lot of success, and I hope that we can vault him to that platform this year. Yeah, so I think D-line, I think the skilled guys on offense um, – and honestly, and I think we'll we'll probably start with quarterback next week. Um, but there's been some discourse on on Twitter this week about um, about the quarterbacks in the SEC. Now, I think trying to rank them is a fool's errand because there's just so many different outcomes for these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and most of them are new, you know. Like, uh, except for Spencer Rattler and the guy that transferred from uh, NC State to Kentucky. Like everyone else is is basically a brand new guy. <laughs> so well, and yeah. and of course uh, KJ Jefferson in Arkansas, you know he's had a pretty good career. Um, but you know Connor, I know we we didn't see it all the time last year, but you saw the flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw you know him beat LSU, uh, him throw for three forty in his first start. You know eight touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, he still has that talent that we saw from him in high school, and if. If things were to fall, you know, in in a good way, he could be the best quarterback in the conference. He could yeah. also be the eighth best quarterback in the conference. You know, there's just – I'm pretty confident he won't be the worst. Like, I can say that with confidence. But, you know, anywhere from the very top to middle of the pack, that's all kind of on the table. But mm-hmm. if you get – if you get, you know, top-end quarterback play from Connor, obviously – uh, this season has a chance to be a really, really good one. Yeah, and I, I'm more, I'm more optimistic for Connor than I am pessimistic. I, I think he'll oh, be a, a great quarterback, but, but I think a lot of that, like, I think what last year really showed is the quarterback's only as good as the guys around him, right? I'm everybody knows that concept, but you got to have those receivers that can catch the ball. You got to have that run game really go into where um, you can, you can do that. And you got to have some pass protection. I mean, he oh, yeah. he had so much, so much that he was just running for his life. And so, uh, I think as you see all of those, because like you said, skill positions I think are very much improved. I think that that's going to be a really good area for us. I think the line's going to be improved. And so when you put those things together, even if you had a, a middle of the road quarterback, I think he's going to be improved to what we had last year because he, he will have better skill positions, better line, you know, and, and so if that's the case, I, I think you see uh, the, the higher end of, of Connor's potential instead of the lower end. And so, um, but it's all speculation at this point. So we'll have to, 
we'll have to see. But I am confident. I do think that the team that we have, I I think will, will be um, improved. I I don't expect another five and seven season, but um, I I, I do think that um, I think we still have some question marks. I think, I think we've, we've earned the right as fans to have some question marks going into this season um, and to not be, 100 miles an hour right now uh all excited about the season and, and to be cautiously optimistic you know yeah um i just thought of something but it's it's actually a really really good uh i guess teaser for a future q a um i'll have to write it down so i can so i can uh remember it <laughs> remember to bring it up when we have that but <laughs> basically my my wife asked me uh why do I care so much? <laughs> uh, basically, that was the 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 basic question that that was posed, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into that uh, in in a in a Q and A episode. Good Q and A, yeah. But uh, also, uh, Tim Brewer asked, uh, "How's our O line looking?" Well, uh, get back to us in two weeks. I think <laughs> yeah, will be when the O line episode goes. Uh, uh, we'll be live on that one. Um, I wish I could tell y'all we have a date that we're going to be every week, but I can't tell you that because uh, still just too much travel going on with the summer. Um, I'm actually going to a baseball game with Chase next week, and then Chase is leaving the United States to go uh, (laughs) across the pond. Um, And and I'm not sure when I'm going to be back, so it's probably next Thursday. It could be Wednesday, but probably next Thursday. It's going to be sometime. Yeah. Just but <laughs> come come ring, hell ring or, ring that little bell and that way you get notifications <laughs> when we go live <laughs> come hell or high water we are recording once a week from now until <laughs> until december <laughs> i can tell you that right now but uh it, it may it may be solo sometimes uh if it if it has to be we'll we'll just have hayden go live and just just uh stream his his thoughts. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, I'm not going on solo. I'll, I'll get I'll get my mom on here before I do. There that. you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank y'all so much uh, for for your continued uh, support of this of this program. Uh, year three, it's going to be our best year yet. Hopefully, A and M's best year yet since we started this venture. So, yeah. thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Hey, Will, before you cut off, I want to um, say one one final piece here. Um, yeah. This is the first episode that we've done since uh, the passing of Terry Price. Um, uh, he was a phenomenal coach. Um, one, he, he was there the entire time that I was there. Um, I interacted with him every single day. Uh, he always brought just a tremendous energy uh, to the to the room. He would come over one time. One of the managers was, uh, there was a really cool touchdown. Um, and I think it was, I think it was Speedy Noel. I think he made a really, really awesome catch in practice and, and scored. And one of the, one of the, uh, defensive managers, he, he was like, oh, you know, like excited how we wouldn't game. And Coach Price pulled, all of the defensive managers over and he said, y'all are defense managers. That doesn't happen. You know, you only celebrate when the defense does well, never when the offense does well. And, um, he just, he, he had a level of excitement that, um, could never be matched. Uh, and he had the most wonderful family, both, both of his kids, um, were in the equipment room every single day. And, 
they were so well behaved <laughs> compared to some of the other kids that were running around, man, they were good kids. And of course yeah. they, they've really, um, uh, of course, Devin and Alex, both they, they've, they've really made something for themselves. I'm very proud of them, but, um, the loss of Terry price is, is a terrible thing. Um, and my heart goes out to his family. Like I said, a wonderful family. Uh, he was a wonderful man and the world lost, uh, a great man, but, Texas A&M definitely did. Um, he yeah. was, he was a, an alumni and, you know, a coach. I, I don't know if we've had a coach that is stuck around for that long before. Um, yeah. we're sitting here talking about how great our D line was kudos to him. I mean, look at, look at the people who came through that program because of him. So, um, rest in peace, coach price. Uh, we'll, we'll miss you. Yeah. And, um, we'll, Thank you all again for for listening to our spiels on on Texas A&M football, and <laughs> we're looking forward to an exciting year three. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, like it, it was it was so apparent just from the outpouring from you know from anybody that worked with him, like from players, you know, personnel, just people in the community. Like it, like people could not speak highly enough of of Terry Price and. Uh, it, it, he, he was a pillar of, of the program and of the, of the community in college station. And, uh, it's, it's, a sh- I said this about Mike Leach when he passed, it's a shame that Mike Leach, you know, couldn't live out his days on a beach in Florida. It's a shame that the coach price couldn't open up a barbecue place when he was done coaching football <laughs> in college station, because, uh, it would have been awesome, but, yeah. um, yeah, I, yeah, our, our, our thoughts and prayers are, w- are with his family. Um, it's, it was, uh, uh, you know, a very, very tragic sudden loss, but, um, yeah, no, he was, it, 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 it's lucky that A&M was able to, you know, experience coach price for as long as they could. So, yeah. um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for, uh, for tagging along today. And, uh, like we said, once a week, sometimes twice, maybe twice, we'll see, we'll keep you, <laughs> we'll keep you in the loop. But uh, here like goes said, Will biting off more than he can chew. Hey, hit hit all the buttons, hit the bell, hit the follow, hit hit all that. Uh, subscribe to our email list. <laughs> we we do it all. But <laughs> all right, uh, y'all have a great weekend. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>